0: Yes, yes, yes. Wonderful. Amen. Amen. Super excited. Yay. Uh, Man, week three. This is the year of, this is the year of. I'm really pumped to be talking with you guys today. Uh, I want to, I want to jump into something. um, And and again, I know we talked about it a little bit earlier, but I wanted to jump in real quick before we press forward into this, into this message. And there actually is a point, (laughs) there actually is a point to me talking about this. Hey, and the events that happened this week with the Capitol. Here's what happened to me. I went on social media. Duh. Okay, I went on social media, and uh, I I felt very conflicted. And uh, I was seeing different posts from different people, and different sides were saying different things. And and one thing that's really hard is the word truth. Someone say truth. truth. It's hard to figure out truth. Am I right? Am I the only one here? Okay, so we see, I see people that I love so dearly, people who are well-connected, people who actually love one another, and they're so diverse on their sides, they're so separated by what they believe and what they're claiming is true, and I was like, oh my gosh, I am so confused by everything right now. And so the point, of, the point of what I'm saying is today and and for the rest of time, m- my commitment to you is not to tell you <laughs> where to vote, how to lead your life from a political stance, can we just rely on his truth for the rest of our days? That's, that's it, that's it. And, and, and so my, my commitment to you, and I, I talked with my pastor about this, and, and to be honest, my pastor might fall a little bit differently than I do, and yet we have wonderful conversations concerning these topics. And he said, Nick, young man, he's like 50, he's like, young man? <laughs> he's like, uh, preach the kingdom and teach the truth. And that's all that we can, that's all that we can do. And so uh, I'm absolutely willing to acknowledge and and hear where you guys are at. I'm not saying please don't talk to me about these topics because I don't, I welcome any conversation, but let's turn to the one place that is so true, that is infallible. Amen? Amen? Guys, let's learn how to lead our lives. To be honest, what he prayed over me and what he prayed over us was that we would instruct our people to stand firm and to be excited for the kingdom to come and to teach you how to get there. That's my job, is to walk with you into the next kingdom. Amen, church? So this is the year of. This is the year of being obsessed with God's word, an obsession with his word to you and to me. And uh, man, like I said, we need this now more than ever. I wanted to share this with you. Uh, We talked about promises last week, but we can put this back up here. 2 Timothy, I want to encourage you to take some notes. We have some notes and pens on the front of your chairs. Go ahead and take some notes. Um, Write this down. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. This is the center of what we are talking about today. All scripture is God-breathed. This is not a J.K. Rowling novel. This is not written by J.R.R. Tolkien. This isn't some newspaper article from the New York Times. No, no, no. This is God's written word to you and to me. God God wrote this. Yes, it was through men, but it was God-breathed, okay? God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped so that you and I may be thoroughly equipped for the journey that is ahead of us so that you and I can walk in such a way that it would shake the earth, that there would be such a power from your steps (laughs) and the way that you lead your life, your family, your business, whatever it is that you do, that it would change everything. For every good work, for every good work. I love that. The word of God equips us for our entire journey. This This is where we find the answers. This is where we figure out how. This is where we find life. The the Word of God equips us for everything that we could face. And over the past few weeks, we've been just taking a look at some Bible stories and how they actually apply to you and to me today. To you and to me today. Today, we're talking about the word empty. Someone say empty. Empty. We're going to be talking about the fact that sometimes we get empty. Sometimes we're spiritually empty. And we're going to be talking about what that looks like and according to the Word of God. I love this. James, before we jump into it, James says it like this. We put it up there. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Please don't just come here sitting, you know, row three and just kind of like soak it in and then go home and do your thing. Man, do what this word says. Take it for yourself. Listen, I am an imperfect person. I get things wrong all the time. I am learning this day in and day out, but man, I am just a guy. But what you can do is have direct revelation from the word of God yourself. And so you can do what it says if you would read this yourself. Sometimes it's really hard to understand it. The, the, the New King James Version, I don't know how people do it, but God bless you if you do. But sometimes these words can be tricky. And I want to tell you that my, my wife and I, we are on a journey with you. If you have any questions about the word of God, get to Core Code Night. Come to Circles. Let's discuss it. Something beautiful happened in circles this past week. Some, some friends literally just shared the word of God over other people. And it was the most powerful thing that has happened in circles for a very, very long time. It was beautiful. They literally just read the words on the pages. They didn't have to come up with something fancy. They didn't have to have some elaborate speech made. They literally just read the word over someone who's hurting. Do what it says, do what it says, and watch how your life is going to be blessed. Watch how your life, you can actually put this up here, go to the next one. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, in other words, does it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. It is a blessing to read his word and to live his words in our daily life. In these pages, we figure out how to live. This is the year, this is the year. Someone say, this is the year. This is the year of being obsessed with his word. Super excited. Like I said, we're talking about what it is to be empty today, and I want to share this with you. If you've ever been empty in your life, you feel like, I can't do anything right. I feel lonely. My decisions are, are leaving me high and dry. I'm looking for something, but I can't find it. If that's you, I'm so excited to talk with you today. Look at what Paul says in Philippians 4. I know what it is to be in need. This is the guy who wrote the majority of the New Testament. I know what it is to be in need. Hey, just so you know, as a believer, there are going to be times that we are in need. (laughs) Uh, And and, and I'm not trying to give you some bad news, but there are going to be some tough seasons. And there's going to be times when you and I, even though we're faithful, are going to be in want. But Jesus always takes care of us exactly how we need to be taken care of. Amen? Amen. So there's going to be times that we're in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in in every season or every situation, whether well-fed, someone say well-fed, or hungry. Anyone hungry? Stop back at the cafe, okay? Uh, We're hungry. We're hungry, okay? Whether living in plenty or in want, I can do, okay, so we share this scripture. I can do all things through Christ who who gives me strength or Christ who strengthens me. Look at this. Whether you're full or empty, whether you're hungry, (laughs) starving, or well-fed, God can do or you can do all things when he gives you strength. So the bottom line for today I want to share this with you. As we draw close to Christ and as, as we draw close to his words, our heart is full. Does anyone want a full heart today? Yes. Our heart is full. Can I tell you, a full heart is what our, our actual being, our soul, longs for. At the core of everything, we are longing to be full and we stand strong again christ who gives me strength so as we draw close to him and his words flood our life our heart is full and we stand amen. strong amen? amen so i want to tell you a story uh we had a wonderful new year's uh my wife and i we celebrated our fifth anniversary hey. we well, yeah i uh it, it was awesome uh and and it's been a wonderful five years there's there's definitely i'll tell you what it's not perfect but marriage is the most amazing thing in the world folks When it's done healthily, and and believe me, we've had hard times, but it is the most incredible journey, so thanks, babe, for putting up with me daily. Um, (laughs) Welcome. So we had a New Year's celebration. We had some some friends over, and and it was a nice time, and you know what happens when you're about to host a party. Everything goes crazy. You're fighting one another. It's insane, okay? Who's coming? Who's not? Blah, 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 and we're trying to sort things out, cleaning the house in a rush because, you know... I'm imperfect, okay, I'm not like, all my drawers aren't organized perfectly, okay, so we're cleaning, we're rushing around, Emmy gives me this list, and she sends me out to go and do this list, yeah, total dude thing, okay, I'll do the list, (laughs) but here's the thing, when you celebrate New Year's, you don't eat dinner at five, you eat dinner at like, Eight. So you can stay up the whole night. I'm so used to my routine. Listen, I got to be honest with you. I'm hungry all the time. Anyone else hungry all the time? Okay, good, good, good. Okay, great, great, great. You're with me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I can relate to you. You can relate to me. Okay. I'm hungry all the time. And she's like, hey, dinner, actually, hors d'oeuvres. Hors d'oeuvres are at eight o'clock. I'm like, wow, okay. I got to do something about this. Or I just got to ride it out and then, you know, I'm going to eat all that pulled pork, you know the deal, okay? So I'm, I'm riding it out. I got an option. I can either do something about it right now or I got to ride it out and wait until 8.30. I chose the wait route. Total fail. All right, I'm going to wait for this. I'm going to wait for the good food to come. Yeah, it's going to be great. So I'm doing my errands. I'm doing Emmy's list and, and figuring things out. And the last thing on the list was to stop and get ice from the gas station. Of course, yeah. So I went and I I stopped and got ice, but there was a little bit of a line. I gotta tell you, I had a weak moment. I had a weak moment, folks. Here's the thing, these people, when they stock shelves, they know exactly what they're doing, okay? It's like they've studied you and me, all right? And so I walk in line, there's three people, someone's getting a carton of cigarettes, the other guy's like, hey, what's going on, man? I need some Cheetos, and I'm like, okay, cool, cool, cool. I'm in line, I'm like, just stick with the ice. Stick with the ice. (laughs) I am hungry stick with the ice and these these orange Reese's Oh, oh oh these orange Reese's are screaming to my name okay they're right there perfectly positioned the light is correct on them perfect okay and so I'm like okay okay stick stick with the ice stick with the ice it took too long it's like bro just pick them up some you know some Camel filters all right like get the get the line moving okay and uh, I grabbed the Reese's but here's my problem church is I, oh, I'm so bad, I'm so bad, is I don't want Emmy to know I got a Reese's, so I put her on the same receipt as an ice, so that way she thinks, oh, ice is, you know, just 628, when really it's 459, and I throw a Reese's on there, you know what I mean? Very expensive ice. ice. (sighs) So I had a Reese's, and literally the gas station is 19 seconds from my house, so like literally, oh boy, had a problem unwrap the wrapper, pop it in there, okay, and have a good time. I better finish this in 19 seconds. And then I get into the driveway. I'm like, okay, get all the chocolate taste out of my mouth. So if she kisses me, I'm all right. You know what I mean? She can't tell. I was weak. I was weak. We're all weak. Let me speak even further to this. When I am empty, I am weak. Can you all see where I'm going? When I am empty... I am weak. When I'm empty, I'm weak. When I'm empty, I'm weak. I know we're talking about, we're talking about Reese's, and yes, it's funny. But when, when we're empty, we're weak. We come home from a hard, stressful day of work. Our job is on the line, and we don't know how to cope with the pressure of, of either being fired or, <laughs> or just maintaining. And I'm stressed, and I'm weak, and that bottle makes me feel something. And when I am empty, I am weak. Marriage is really tough right now. We're not connecting. And I think that I can click a button and get full. When I'm empty, I got real quiet real quick. When I'm empty, I'm weak. Is anyone with me? Mm. I have anxiety every day. But somehow it goes away when I'm around the right people or if I'm diving into the Word of God or for some reason I'm at church and I don't feel this anxiety. But when I'm on my own and alone, my anxiety plagues my life. And it just races through my head and beats me up every second of every day. When I am empty, I am weak. Anyone with me? So today we're going to be talking about being full. And the beautiful thing and the beautiful promises of Jesus is that you can be full. Amen, church? I want to be full. I know that those Reese's don't do my body any good. I'll tell you what, if I had nourished myself before that moment, you think I would have fell? Probably not. Mm, probably not. <laughs> good answer, Judd. I wish you would say definitely not. <laughs> Believe in me, Judd. <laughs> No, no, I appreciate I appreciate you. We'll, we'll talk about it this week, okay? <laughs> but when I'm weak, when I'm when I'm empty, I'm weak. So I got a question for you and me. Is my empty leading me to empty places? Is my empty leading me to empty places? When we make a decision based off of empty, whoo, it destroys you and me. Let me tell you about this. And again, I've been very open about my struggle with food, I shoot to try to be really healthy and there are days that I fall. And my body, I want to live a long time and I want to care for myself and I want, <laughs> I want to lead this ministry well and I want to see my kids and my grandkids and I want to see all the accomplishments and the wonderful things and these weak moments might lead me to a weak body and a weak place. And I might go earlier than intended. Hmm. So, There was a man who is in a similar situation. A man that was hungry compromised his future with one decision. One decision. Let me give you some preface. This man actually would be a stellar human being. He was fit, physical. He was a leader. He had all the intangibles of leading his home. And he makes one decision. Someone say one decision. One decision. And he compromises everything he's got. If you think the Reese's is small, it ain't. And I'm preaching to myself, Nick. Come on, bro. If you think the Reese is small, it ain't. It's really not. A man that was hungry compromised his future with one decision. If you got your Bibles, you can turn with me. We are in Genesis chapter 25. If you got your Bibles, go ahead, turn them on. Get your phone. That's awesome. Hey, I want to encourage you. This is the year of being obsessed with his word. Don't be afraid to bring your Bible to church, folks. And I was talking with someone this week. If you are, um, if you have the core code, bring your highlighters too. We're looking at the word of God together. This would be an awesome opportunity for us to take notes and remember what we're talking about. Amen? So get the word of God out. We're in Genesis chapter 25. I read in the NIV version. Genesis 25, verse 24. We're in the story of Jacob and Esau. Someone say Jacob and Esau. Esau. We're in the story of Jacob and Esau and his mom. His mom was about to give birth, and here's where the story starts. When the time came for her to give birth, they were, or there were twin boys in her womb. The first to come out was red, and his whole body was like a hairy garment. Wow, interesting. Uh, and so they named him Esau. Imagine that story. Esau. His body was like a hairy garment, so they named him Esau. After this, his brother came out. After this, his brother came out with his hand grasping Esau's heel, so he was named Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old, and when Rebekah gave birth to them. When Rebekah gave birth to them. So let me give you some preface. Being the firstborn, Esau, he was the firstborn, and to be honest, whenever you were in that age, you were promised an inheritance. You had a birthright that when your father would pass, or something would happen in the family, you would take over. You would be the heir to your family. Does that make sense? So here is Isaac, and he is leading a beautiful family. He has fields. He has land. And Esau, the firstborn, is promised this beautiful inheritance. He is promised something. Just by being born, he is called for something distinct and different from his brother Jacob. The boys grew up, the boys grew up, and Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country, while Jacob was content to stay home among the tents. Let me, again, he is going out. He's a man who's like a, he's a grizzly man, okay? He's going out and hunting, doing his thing. Isaac, who had a taste for wild game, loved Esau, but Rebekah loved Jacob. I said this a little bit earlier, but Esau, he had the physical qualities. He was capable of providing for his family. He was an aggressive man, a tough man. He had the leadership intangibles. You can put this up. He had the physical qualities, the leadership intangibles. He had the survival skills in the home. So not only only was it just by birthright, but he was living it out. He was an aggressive man. This is the man that is going to be the leader of our lineage. This is the man who's going to be the heir to everything that God is establishing. And so there's this part It goes right into this very next verse. Esau is in the open country and he is hunting and he's doing his thing and and typically it would be for a prolonged period of time. It would not be for a day you just go out and hunt. No, you might travel. You might do quite a, a, a bit of journeying in the hunt. So Once, when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country famished. Someone say famished. Here is where the ice comes in and the Reese's come in. He was starving. He was famished. Famished is not just like, I'm hungry. Famished is, whoa, I'm in a serious situation and I need nourishment now. Esau entered the conversation empty Nick entered the store empty so and so opened up the computer empty they walked into the home and were empty so they turned to the bottle this is that moment he walked into this conversation empty like you and I do (laughs) he said to Jacob quick someone say quick. quick oh when you're empty you need a quick fix right now huh That's that's where the real trip comes in. I'm looking for quick and immediate and now. And I'll tell you what, when you don't nourish yourself, quick becomes your your verbiage, and it becomes a need. Quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. That's why they also called him Edom. Jacob replied, first, sell me your birthright. This is a serious situation. Jacob is, is wanting to exchange a bowl of soup for the promise of this family. A bowl of soup for an incredible future. When we are starved, our f- our flesh screams really, really loud. And I'm not talking even just when we're hungry. I'm talking like in the spiritual realm, when you and I are starved, man, our, our flesh gets real, real loud. Really loud. The temptation... We fall in a second. When we're full, sometimes the picture, we can see through it and we don't give in. But when we're starved, our flesh, it screams really loud. Look at what he says. Look, I'm about to die, Esau said. What good is the birthright to me? Whoa. What good is the promise and the future for me when I can have this bowl of soup now? Hmm. <laughs> What good is this birthright to me? But Jacob said, swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. What a, bro, what a a weak moment. Some lentil stew. He ate and drank, then got up and left. And so Esau despised his birthright. This exchange, Esau, (laughs) there was a prophecy about the two twins, that the older would be led by the younger. The older was supposed to be the lead. The firstborn was supposed to take charge. And with a bowl of soup, he compromised his future. Yeah. Don't tell me Aresis isn't powerful. Yeah. Even the little things, it's a bowl of soup, but this dude lost it. Yeah. An empty stomach led to an empty future. Yeah. Pretty crazy. And that happens with me all the time, and I make decisions like this all the time. When I'm spiritually empty, stuff starts to shift in my life, and I make decisions that are not wise for me. When we are spiritually empty, you can write this down. If there's one thing I want you to remember today, it's this. When we are spiritually empty, our flesh is going to find its fill with the physical. Ooh! Come on, come on. You hear all like the, yeah. Our flesh is going to find its fill with the physical when we are spiritually empty you and me it's hard it's really hard it's really hard to push through this and to discern when we're empty and, and to make right decisions and ultimately we all know we're imperfect we fall all the time yeah. when we are spiritually empty the flesh will find its fill and will take over and take action so i have a big question for you today are you feeling empty are you feeling empty? Are you feeling empty? So there's, there's two groups of people I, I, I want to talk to. First of all, if you're here and you've never heard about this Jesus, he is the only one who can fill what is empty within you and me. Are you feeling empty? There was this woman. Let me tell you a little bit about her story. She was called the Samaritan Woman. And she had this habit. She was taking care of her house and she would go to the well around noon. And that was not custom at that point. She was trying to avoid the community around her because she had made some mistakes and she had quite a poor reputation. And so instead of acting normal, she was embarrassed, full of shame. And she would go to the well at noon to draw water for her family so as to avoid everyone else because this woman had been with a lot of people. And apparently this love that her heart was craving was causing her to make mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake, just like me and you. And she was empty. And Jesus starts conversing with her, and he, they start talking about her personal life, and Jesus is like, hey, go call your husband. Go, go bring your husband here. And she's like, I, I, I don't have one. He's like, right, you, you've had five husbands. And so he starts addressing the fact that she's been empty for a long, long time. And if you're here and you've been empty for a long, long time, I have really good news for you. This is in John chapter 4. Again, if you have your Bibles, this would be awesome to turn to. But John chapter 4, he puts it like this. I love this. This is in verse 13. Jesus answered and said to her, he asks her for a drink. Hey, give me some drink. Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water at this well, they will thirst again. Whoever eats of this reese, you will not be full. Whoever tries and goes to the bottom of this bottle, the problems will still come tomorrow. Whoever clicks on this screen, that love, that love is still void. Whoever drinks of this water, you're going to have to thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. In other words, he's talking about you will be full and satisfied. Amen, church. You will be full and satisfied. So here's this woman who has made mistake and mistake and mistake. And here Jesus is, the creator of the universe, the God who loved you and me before we ever understood. He said, even in your mess up, I'm willing to give you this water that will satisfy That I shall give them will never never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become, not only are you satisfied, but it will become a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Some versions will say it overflows. If you've never met this Jesus, or maybe you've been sitting in church a couple times and, and you're hearing this message and church maybe you feel like encouraged like oh it's like these are some good ideas or oh these are some cool words and they make me feel good i'm here to offer you today a total fullness that only comes from jesus the woman said and i love this sir give me this water that i may not thirst nor come here to draw I love this in John 10:10, and we're gonna pray real quick, and even in the middle of the message, John 10, 10 says it like this, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you may have life, and life to the what? Oh. Can we bow our heads and pray? If that's you, and you've been thirsty, and you have genuinely felt this emptiness, and you've never given Jesus your life, no one's looking around, And believers, I ask that you would be praying fervently for those making this decision. If you want to be full for the first time, hey, sometimes the outside doesn't always change, but at least you're full. (laughs) If you want to be full for the first time, on the count of three, go ahead and raise your hand. One, two, Jesus sacrificed and gave his life so that you could be full. Three, if that's you, go ahead and raise your hand. I see the hand, so good, so good, so good. You can put your hand down, can we pray? God, I pray. I pray for that person who made this decision, that they would say this from the bottom of their heart. God, I I have been thirsty, but I am ready to be full. I acknowledge that you are my Lord and Savior. I believe that you have come to give me life, life, and more life, a full life. I am done being thirsty. I'm done being empty. God, I give you everything. I believe that you died and rose again, that Jesus Christ, you are my Lord and Savior, so that I could be set free here on earth and have my eternal place in heaven. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Can we lift up a shout of praise for those who made that decision? Full. Being full is a beautiful thing. And, and, And that's awesome that you made that decision. And, and Jesus is here so that you may never thirst ever again. But here's the truth, and for you who have been in church for a little bit, why is it sometimes I feel empty? Why is it my faith is in Jesus? I've been walking this out. Sometimes I go to small groups. I go home, and sometimes we pray before dinner. Why am I feeling empty right now? Another question is, how can I stay full? How can I stay full? Because we all know, seasons go up and down. Am I right, church? Am I speaking to anyone? Seasons go up and down. And there's mountaintop seasons where I feel like a, a, a 28 out of 10. And then there's low, low seasons where I'm a 2 out of 10. And so sometimes, sometimes some stuff is falling apart. How can I stay full? One thing I want to encourage you is that the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, will fill you to the point of overflow. We have to rely on the Spirit of God that is in you and in me. If you've given your life to Jesus... There's two things that happen. A, your eternal place is found. B, the Spirit of God is in you. And so now we have the Spirit of God, Jesus, God the Father himself, walking with us daily. If you're feeling empty, all we got to do is call upon his Spirit, and something will have to change. Something will shift because he is good and he does what the Word says. Look at this. Romans 15, Paul prays it like this. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit would be overflowing you in your life. Guys, church, sometimes the Holy Spirit is this unfamiliar thing, and believe me, we're gonna step in. If we're talking about a year of being obsessed with his word, we're gonna step in to figure out and jump into the Word of God, what it really says about the Holy Spirit. Because sometimes the Holy Spirit can be a little bit confusing. Am I right, anyone? Yeah? Sometimes the Holy Spirit can be a little bit confusing. We don't know what it is, but here is God in you. And we have to acknowledge that. The Holy Spirit, that he would fill you and overflow you with power and hope. I love what also Paul says in Ephesians. Here we go. Here's a punch right to my jaw. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Here it is. If you're empty, don't make decisions that hurt you. But how can we do that? Because here's the thing. I can acknowledge that I'm empty, and I can think, Nick, don't take the Reese's. Don't take the Reese's. Don't take the Reese's. But I still fall for it anyways. But instead, and I didn't do this, mm, I didn't do this, but instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. This sounds so silly, and I think that this is why the enemy tripped me up. And and again, I know I'm talking about erases here, church. But I could have invited the Holy Spirit to talk to me and to fill me at that point, to give me strength and wisdom and endurance, to make the thing that was going to benefit my body and my future. And again, when you come home, stressful day at work. I believe that instead of the wine like, like Paul is talking about here, I believe that you can be filled with the Holy Spirit and that stress, that we can cast our cares on Him, the burdens that we have, our anxieties, that we can give it to Him, and He will instruct us to do that. I just feel like we don't acknowledge the Holy Spirit enough. Am I right? Yeah. And even in the little things, when I was getting ice, I could have acknowledged him and asked for his strength. And I didn't. Even in the big things, the computer screen, I need to ask for his strength. When money's really tight and our our boss has us in control of the finances and it's like, oh, it's just a dollar or two, but man, we can ask for the Holy Spirit's strength. We can, we can. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. He is here to give us strength, joy, and not just a little bit, but full and overflowing. Anyone want to overflow in this place? Amen. Hey, let hey, let's talk to the Holy Spirit. Let's rely on Him with everything we've got. Second thing that keeps you full, His Word is our source of nourishment. If you're feeling empty, and again, church, this thing is sometimes hard to read and understand. I was having a conversation with someone earlier this week and they were like, the Word of God, something hit me when I was reading it and it changed my course forever. And I was not doing really well, but here it is, everything in me is different. And even in just talking to this gentleman, God is shifting and moving by the Word of God. The Word is our, our, our nourishment, His Word. Look at what Jesus says. But it, he answered, it is written. Wait, wait. Let me give some context to this. Jesus is actually being tempted by Satan. The enemy is he's in the midst of the desert. He is he is not eaten for 40 days and 40 nights. This this Jesus is going crazy. He's fasting in the middle of the wilderness. The enemy is tempting him, "Hey, turn this rock into some bread." Look at what Jesus says. He answered, "It is written, man shall not live on bread alone." This is talking about the food and the fullness analogy. But every someone say it word someone say it word man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of God whoa bread is a nourishment thing and apparently the word of God fills it is the spirit who gives life this is Jesus again talking it is the spirit who gives life the flesh is no help at all the words someone say the words the words that i have spoken to you are spirit and life yes. can you imagine what i would have what would have happened and again i'm picking on the fact that it's a little racist but i can apply this to every area of my life what if i started preaching the word of god over me as i'm sitting in this line behind these two people my body's the temple of christ what if i started speaking the word of god out it would have given me life and a life-filled decision. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness. Oh, listen, here's the thing. Some, some people and some preachers don't like using these words, but it's written in there for a real reason. Truthfully, let me say it. Sometimes we're filthy and sometimes we're messed up. All of us. But receive with meekness, humility, the implanted, someone say it, word the word being implanted on your heart, which is able to save your souls. You wanna learn how to conquer those weak stomach moments? Hey, it begins with Jesus. (laughs) He's the one that can fully satisfy. Again, we're talking about that that cup of water. I I never wanna thirst ever again. He's the one that can truly satisfy. The spirit can fill you to the point of overflowing and the word can nourish your body. The word can nourish your body this is the year of being obsessed with his word this is the year as we draw close to christ and we can wrap it up here and i'm going to pray for you guys as we draw close to christ and his words they fill our heart our heart will be full and we will stand strong amen, amen. we want a full heart amen. you want to stand strong yeah, amen. it begins with jesus leading of the Holy Spirit and diving into his word, which nourishes us day in and day out. Amen, church? Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is strong. We thank you that it nourishes us. We thank you that it gives us everything we need. And God, ultimately, all that we want is you. All that we want is you, your word, your spirit. God, we are desperate for you. And so God, Each and every one of us are dealing with different things. Each and every one of us have our our struggles and our doubts, our fears. We have our addictions. We have our brokenness. We, We make mistakes day in and day out, and you know exactly what they are. But God, I pray for a desperation of you. I pray that we would be so desperate, desperate for you. As that woman figured out at the well, you are the only thing that satisfies. Your word is the only thing that nourishes. Your spirit fills us. And so I pray that over each and every one of us, This week would be full, no longer empty, but full. So that the decisions that may come our way, the temptations that may come our way to take us out, to compromise our entire future, we can look at them and say, I'm already full. I'm good to go. I pray that we wouldn't compromise this week, but that we would have a full walk. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Hey, let's all stand together and let's sing out to a good God. Come on.